This is my instant reaction for the tenth Adam. All right, folks, I am fresh out the theater, the stench of popcorn, butter flavored glue like substance still lingers on my clothes. I'm going to give you no spoilers, instant impression, light spoilers, and then full blown spoilers. I have a heavy line of demarcation in the middle and uh, you'll know where to go from there. Okay. Uh, so if you want no spoilers whatsoever, here's what I would say. The movie feels like a video game where you took all of the cutscenes for the story and edited them together and put them on YouTube where you watch them and they're entertaining and there are good aspects to it, but it does not affect you in the same way as it would have had you played through the story. That's what this movie feels like. It feels like an assembly cut of probably 20 years worth of scripts with pretty different tones, maybe similar plot points, but different tones and different attitudes and different perspectives that were written at different times in the world of the, of Warner brothers, DC universe. Now Warner brothers discovery. And it's one of those movies that feels like it probably should have been a trilogy. And so you're watching an entire trilogy of story within a two plus hour, two hour film and it's just like, it's too much. There's too much here. The The good elements that could have been great end up being underdeveloped or under undercut because there's too much plot. And so we just instantly have to, the movie feels like it's doing things and undoing them back and forth. It's a movie that is like writing itself and unwriting itself at the same time. Because like, well, we got to get through this plot. We got to get through this plot so we can get to the next plot. So we get to the next plot. So we get to the next plot, and it's all spackled together by expository dialogue, a lot of which feels written after the fact and perfunctory and kind of bad, which is uh, uh, unfortunate because I think the ideas here are fresh, creative, interesting. I think the cast here is great. It, it, it did something for me that a Marvel movie has not done or a Marvel property uh, has not done in a very long time, which it left me wanting more. I think The Rock is a very good Black Adam. I'm interested in this character. There's certain story and story elements that they were telling with him that I'm like, that should have just been the movie. Um, it's there, but there's also other stuff. And it's like, well, that stuff's fine, but that's the good stuff. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like they surrounded good ideas with mediocre ideas. Nothing except for like one or two elements that I would actually say are bad. But the total effect of it is that it is... Um, total effect of it is that it's it's substandard of what it could have been i don't know what's going on in hollywood i don't know why they can't figure out like this one movie it's actually a trilogy and this trilogy is actually just one movie <laughs> we do not have enough here for a consistent coherent trilogy we have too much here for a consistent coherent movie like this all would be better served if it could breathe. And that's like, like the whole video game metaphor that's or simile, right? It's like a, yeah, simile. It's, that's exactly what it's like. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, okay. If I'm, if I'm just going from this beat to that beat, to this beat, to that beat, it feels perfunctory when there's moments and time for things to breathe in between, whether that be gameplay or story, <laughs> 
in a, in a script or in a, in a book, um, then when stuff is supposed to be emotional, if it's hooked you, then it is emotional. And those payoffs, those twists, those elements, those ideas that you explore, the moral quandaries, because all of this stuff, all superhero science fiction fantasy stuff presents to us a world of moral quandary. And that's part of the appeal of it. If I was in this world, whose side would I be on? How would I think about things? If I were a hero or not even a hero, if I were like a super empowered metahuman, what would I do with that? And what effect would that have on the world? And how do those things relate to the world that I live in, even if there are no such thing as metahumans, at least up to this point, that we know of, right? That's the fun of this stuff is like picking apart the ideas and then having some spectacular action sequences. Um, the action sequences are part and parcel of the problem with this film. It's 75% action, and there's no bad action sequences in it that I can think of. But you take an action sequence that is stylistically, maybe even slightly creatively done, not wholly original, but at least interesting, and then you have a needle drop in it, which is this overdone, very obvious song. Like, you could just, you know... You know that Paint It Black is going to show up in this movie because it's Black Adam. But we've heard that song a bajillion times in a bajillion movies. So you've just lessened this action sequence that you painstakingly created in a computer somewhere. That sucks. It, 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 it's, it's good. This movie is good things constantly bumping up against mediocre things. And so it diminishes the overall effect of the movie. Would I recommend it? It's a light recommend, likely in theaters. If you know the DCEU characters that make their appearance, you have Hawkman, Dr. Fate. Uh, uh, I don't even remember. The, it's Adam Smasher. And there's a, the girl that like Twister or whatever, the girl who bases a human tornado. If you like those characters, know those characters, you like Black Adam, you've been waiting for it, or you like The Rock, you're probably going to like this movie. If you're tired of all of this stuff and you think The Rock is shit, then you're probably not going to like this movie. I think it's getting lambasted way more than it deserves. Um, I don't think it's like an amazing film, but I think it's a solid entry that where you can see the potential for everywhere that could go with all of these characters. And it could, But if it does feel like a self-contained story. It doesn't seem like we were introducing all this stuff for sequel purposes. It's just ironically, organically, you're like, Hey, given some better material, I'd like to see Dr. Fate and the JSA and, uh, uh, black Adam in other movies, you know, with or without each other. Um, hopefully probably without each other. Right. So it's a light recommend. I think I, I think I would, I liked it. I, that, you know, uh, outside of the objective scale into, did I enjoy my time at the movies? I did bit long, you know, I was a bit frustrated at some points, but not mad. I never was mad at it. It's a very, it, 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 it developed a good, uh, I, my feeling of it is good natured. I have a sort of a positive connotation with the movie. So if I had to give it a score out of five, we use the letterboxed system here for these instant reactions. You can find me at letterbox.com slash binge movies. If I had to do a letterbox score for this film, it's like a, I can't do quarter. It's a three, but that's a saw. That's a good three. And a three out of five is, is not necessarily a great grade, but it's 
some movies are just threes and they're like, that's a three. And it's, and that three means I liked it and you, and you might like it too. Right. I would, I, I don't think it's bad. I don't think there's anything in here. You're like, it looked, it looked bad. It's not bad. Um, I can see myself revisiting parts of it for sure, uh, in the future. So that's my no spoilers from this point forward. It'll be light spoilers. And I'll tell you when I get into heavy spoilers. The issue with this movie, uh, again, it's like, it's too much. It's, it's 50 pounds of shit. It's 50 pounds of ideas in a 10 pound bag. I don't even want to say shit. Um, there is a Terminator two style relationship that you can tell is an artifact of a more family friendly version of the story that gets, gets no time to develop and no time to breathe. And I, I hate to be like, if you're going to pull a Terminator 2, the thing about Terminator 2 is the relationship between the kid and the machine took two hours to develop. You know, like, like even up until the, like the end of the second act, the machine is just trying to figure out this kid. He still doesn't understand the value of human life. It is until the very end that you realize somewhere along the way, it went beyond the point of programming and he got it. But we do, you can't pinpoint the exact moment per se. Um, but the character had to develop and black Adam at times feels very much like a terminator in this. Um, and there is a kid who is, I think arguably a really the one bad part of the movie. And I hate to say that because I think he's, he's, he is not a good actor. At times it looks like he aged out of the role during production and they had to digitally de-age him, even though he's a child. And if you would have told me that he is an AI creation, not a real person based on his performance, behavior and appearance, I would believe it. And you hate to say that about a kid, but you know, or a preteen, but the kid is not good. Um, and also like all of the character beat moments, it's like, okay, I see a version of the, this, but this would be like black Adam two. And, and the heavy, kind of sad, dark, miserable beginning of this movie, they, they take basically the entire lore of Black Adam and the land of Comertage. I know that's not it. The land of Wakanda. I know that's not it. The land of compact computers. I know that's not it. But it's, it's, it's essentially Wakanda meets Lord of the Rings. They take the entire lore of his world and his origin and his motivation, and they condense it down into five to seven minutes, maybe 10 minutes. It feels like 20 because they have a, maybe the same kid. Maybe it's a different kid doing the voice, doing a voiceover about like, like the, it's like, imagine when they introduced Wakanda it was just a voiceover and somebody was like the land of Wakanda was formed at such and such time. And like at the very beginning of the movie and then this happened and then that happened. And then this person, Oh, and rather than see like, well then the brother maybe betrayed that brother and took the throne and da, 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 and Killmonger's the rightful heir rather than being that, that being the story, we're just told all of those things. And you're like, well shit, that's a movie. <laughs> that's a movie. That's at least an act of a film and it's an entire act of a movie that might've been a pretty good movie. And maybe they, maybe that was what it was supposed to be. And they were like, this feels too much like black Panther. So we got to condense this down. 
uh, and just like make this our, our, our prologue. I don't know, but I'm like, Jesus, there's a lot, there's a lot of babble and like geek speak going on here, but there's also like a lot of character motivation and development and story and humanity. And you're just like, you gotta, we gotta get through it because there's, there's another movie we have to get to. And then there's another movie on top. There's a JSA movie in here. And it's not even really like an introduction. You know, it's not a JSA origin story because they don't tell us anything. They're, they're just JSA characters who are like, we're the JSA. This is what we're here to do. We got we to gotta stop Black Adam because he's not who he appears to be. He's not the hero that people think he is. He's an uncontrollable force let loose in the world. And we are to keep global peace. And again, there are some fresh ideas there because... Who the hell asked you to keep global peace? And uh, by what authority do you go into sovereign nations and use superpowers to keep the peace? Now, I know Marvel's kind of touched on that. I think they do a slightly better job here. Um, and it's like, okay, that's a movie. That's your second movie. That's your second movie leading into your third movie. And your third movie uh, has a climax with this you know, this this MacGuffin, which is this crown, which is Sabak, which Chris Williams, if you're listening to this, tell me, I think that's Star Trek, right? Where isn't that Spock's brother or the religion he created where what does God need with a starship, right? And it's like that's where it gets Lord of the Rings, because there's two forces in uh Comertage. There is Eternium, which is not quite vibranium, but you know, it's comic book shit. Uh that, you know, is is the land is being raped and pillaged for. And then if you take that and you meld it with black black alchemy, you create the crown, the six horn crown of Sabak, which leads you to hell, where the 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 antithesis of the wizards that created Shazam are these demons in hell, and they fill you with hell magic, and then you're basically like the anti-Shazam, right? And so you have Black Adam, who is kind of an anti-Shazam, fighting an even worse version of himself. And then, of course, you know, this is going to lead to a antagonistic relationship slash weird congeniality between, you know, it depends on what version you read uh, of, um, of, uh, of Black Adam and Shazam and a confrontation there. And, of course, Black Adam and Superman have their issues. Uh, so the list goes on and on, right? And so it's like, okay, that's a movie, right? Like that's that's a film. The film is like we're trying to like Indiana Jones find this artifact, and it's going to unleash the gates of hell, and like the devil himself is going to show up and take over the world. Okay, that's a fucking movie. Instead, we get like this, you know, like this this origins really sad, effectively done origin story that is interesting and could have been its own movie or again, the beginnings of its own movie. And, and then the JSA stuff and then the Sawbox stuff. And then the, it's just too much. It's just too much. So, um, yeah, I guess from this point forward, I can't talk about it more specifically without getting into spoilers. The internet tells me that they want me to spoil the movie so they don't have to see them. <laughs> Which just means I have to see more movies. Which means I'm going to need your help over on Patreon. Looking for even more unique and creative movie content? Become a patron 
Choose between three levels and you'll get benefits like a personalized membership card, exclusive shows, early instant reactions to new releases, episode voting power, live streams, and more. Join today. Patreon.com slash binge movies. We are now in full-blown spoiler territory. Turn back! I'm even going to get in the post-credit scene. There is um, one mid-credit scene. No post-credit scene for Shazam. It already leaked online. You probably already know about it, but I will get into it and how I felt okay about it, but really not very, like, it wasn't like, oh, my God, this blows my mind. But I know it makes certain people very happy, so God bless those folks. Um, the real, there's some twists and turns in here. Uh, the, there's really a lot of discussion about, like, who gives superheroes sovereign power over sovereign governments? Um, aren't the shouldn't people be free? And is change is is exchanging a certain one type of tyranny? In this case, it's inner gang, which is the all-purpose biotech, mechanical tech enhanced goons of the DC universe, um, who are basically like Blackwater or whatever. Um, you know, are they're an occupying non-governmental, you know, uh, non-governmental occupying force, basically, right? Uh, they're a militia, and uh, they operate in foreign countries, and they're like strip mining the 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 world of <laughs> the commerce uh, <laughs> for uh, Eternium. Uh, and you know, the people really want to be set free. And so of course they turn to this resurrected black Adam, uh, for, f to be their champion, but he's, uh, like kind of, he's an anti-hero for sure, bordering on a villain and they don't really skimp on the kills. He just straight up murders people. And there's only like a time or two where it's kind of played as like, Hey, but for the most part, it's like, Nah, I mean, this guy's straight up murdering people. And hence the JSA intervention. They're like, this guy has awoke from 5,000 years. He was not, uh, turns out, a champion of the people. He's something else. And he was not put away until the people needed him again. He was imprisoned. And he's now been resurrected. And this woman, who is an archaeologist or something, liberator, freedom fighter, Slash, like, expert in ancient camertage. Again, I know that's not the name of it, but I can only, I only have so much space for mythical lands in my head. This, like, w expert of Wakandan mythology. Um, it's her son. Her son's the annoying kid who's like, you know, you got to have a catchphrase and a super suit and a cape. And because he reads all these comic books and he's obsessed with the Justice League and and that, that part feels true and would make sense in this world, but they go the whole like Terminator two route with it. And again, like I can't remember if I said it in this edit or when I, <laughs> the one I did before that I had did that I uh, had to erase, but uh, this is my second attempt at this. Uh, Cause I got way in the weeds. Um, they try to build like a Terminator relationship, but it's instantaneous. Black Adam wakes up. In the present, which again, this feels like this is ought to be like a second movie, you know, like the 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 hook of the first movie should be he wakes up five thousand years in the present. Oh fuck, how did he get there? We don't know. And then you tell a more personal story where he is is torn between his rage and his kind of more villainous side or more anti-hero side, uh, and a more like I don't know human life. 
<laughs> advocate side, or at least like, you know, a, a, like not a straight up like threat to the planet. The movie can't really decide. It presents him as both in this, and both options are good, and The Rock does a good version of both, but it's it's too much character development in too small of a space. So he wakes up. He speaks English perfectly fine. There's no explanation, not even a magical one for it. And he, the kid's, like, explaining everything about the world, and he's like, 5,000 years. He doesn't know what a mirror is, but he knows what a catchphrase is, or at least he understands it via context clues. That part I don't understand. You you could have done a slightly more funny fish out of water. The kid is teaching him about the world and about superheroes and da 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 da, da. and hence Black Adam's reservation of who the fuck are these people to come to my land and try to occupy it, which is the reaction he has to the JSA. That makes sense in a second movie where he's developed a particular attachment to this family, especially because that's the family that sort of summoned them, summoned him and brought him back. And so he feels a sense of indebtedness towards the mother to defeat her enemies and yada, yada, yada. And then the conflict between him and the JSA. And then in a third film, we could turn towards what the real antagonistic plot of this is, which is back in the past, again, the ancient past, there was an evil king. He enslaved the people to to his own people to mine vibranium for him. It's Eternium in this. And because he could use it with black alchemy to forge himself the crown of hell and make himself the hell god. And Black Adam stopped him. Uh, uh, or the champion stopped him. I guess you'd say like uh, Shazam, the old Shazam stopped him, but they call the 10th Adam. Uh, The 10th Adam stopped him. And then the major twist is that the black Adam who is in this movie is not the 10th Adam. He is not the hero and the liberator and the champion of his people. That guy was a boy who we see, we know, and we think, okay, well, this boy is like, forget this. I'm going to liberate the people. The people need a hero, and they need to be freed. And just as a, just as he's about to sacrifice his life to save his people, the wizards zap him out of there and bestow upon him the power of Shazam, the power of the champion. And he uses his power to defeat the evil king and liberate the people. But the king's assassins, those, those who are still loyal to this now dead king, um, kill his mother, and kill his father. And he has one choice. His mother's already too far gone. His dad's in the process of dying. But he can transfer the powers of Shazam to his father and save his life, but he will not be able to be Shazam anymore. He'll just go back to being a regular boy. And if he's actually literally Shazam, I don't... You know you know what I'm saying, right? It's like a Billy... It's, it's a parallel to Billy. And of course, because he's a hero and he's virtuous... And he loves his father. He sac- he gives up power, which is really a great twist. Honestly, it plays very well in the movie. And it would have played excellent <laughs> in the second film once we, get, once we knew these characters and these moments had ability to breathe and it probably would have brought a fucking tear to your eye. And just then the king's assassins, of course, arrive. And he's after he has no power, he's just a boy, just a child. He's cut down. And now his father, who was a coward and a piece of shit, basically, is like, oh, we should just be grateful that the king lets us live. Like, we shouldn't dream for freedom. Like, don't stir up any trouble. That's the rock. 
And now he has all the powers of Shazam. The wizards did not grant him the power. He was given it. And now he's filled with rage and vengeance. And he just fucking lays waste. And he almost destroys his own people because he cannot control his violence, his penchant for violence. Uh, and he becomes a villain. And he is then imprisoned. Um, and the, the wizards imprison him. Well, of course, now the wizards are dead. In Shazam, so there's nobody to imprison him. And he is summoned back. Why they would let that happen, I don't fucking know. If you're, if you're going to imprison somebody, if you, <laughs> why would you write a magical saying to let them go, you know, let them free? I don't know. But uh, as this, as the little boy's mother, freedom fighter, archaeologist mother, who I don't know her name, I don't know what job she has, I don't know anything about her, um, as, as, as she... Uh, see, see what I mean? There's too much fucking plot in this movie. She's searching for the crown of Sabak, which is that hell crown, and because she's afraid the inner gang, the bad guys, are going to find it, and she's going to try to move it to another secured location and hide it so that nobody can have it. And she stumbles upon the tomb of the tenth Adam, aka Black Adam, and summons him, and he defends her, and. Then the whole rest of the movie plays out of like the JSA knows his his real origin that he's not actually the hero this nation this city thinks that he is he's actually a villain and so they are arrive within the plot because you have got to stand down you've got to say the magic word the incantation which is Shazam put yourself back in your mortal form and we're going to put you in Amanda Waller's deepest darkest prison. And he refuses to do that, so there's a great many action sequences fighting the bad guys and fighting the JSA at the same time and then shifting allegiances and teaming up with the JSA because he does somehow, for some reason, and obviously because of his past trauma, kind of develop a relationship with this boy. Again, that would have been a hell of a second movie, uh, but it's just it, nothing's given any time to breathe, and you would also would have had to cast a better actor as that kid and write some better dialogue for him. Um, but he does it and he, he willfully like three quarters of the way through the movie is like, you're right. Like I'm not my son. My son was the hero. And he, he spills the beans and he's like, I don't deserve these powers because he does something that, uh, he's goaded into using his powers when he shouldn't, he loses control and he almost kills the kid, which could have been a real beat. But then they immediately undercut it with, like, the kid's going to be fine. It's like, well, fuck. You know, at one point, the uncle gets shot in the stomach, and then the next scene, he's being healed by nanobots Wakanda style. It's like, oh, he'll be fine. He'll be up and walking around tomorrow. And it's like, what was the point of shooting him then? If you just have to do it to undo it, why did you do it in the first place? Same thing with the kid. Same thing with Black Adam, because Black Adam's like, tells a story. It's a fairly effective scene. Again, it would have worked good in... Some different version of this movie. It, it works fine here, but it would have been could have been great. That's what you're seeing. You're seeing like, oh, this could have been a great story beat. It's just okay now. And then he divests himself, and it's like a digitally non-jacked rock. It's the rock back when they signed him up to do this movie when he was like lean. And he willfully puts himself in prison forever because that's what he feels like he deserves because he sees himself as a monster. Interesting, right? So then our, the J, it becomes a JSA movie. They've been in it up to this point. 
but they've got to fight the bad guy because then it turns out like to get the powers of hell, you have to die first. So the whole thing about getting black Adam to lose control of himself was a trick so that he could kill the bad guy and the main bad guy. So of course he could come back. So he main bad guy dies immediately as resurrected as Sabak, this, the anti Shazam, the devil basically uh, including a pentagram carved into his chest. He breathes fire and, you know, whatever. And uh, have a big old punch up. But our superheroes can't beat him because they can't beat the powers of hell. And even Dr. Fate, the most powerful sorcerer, some would say the Sorcerer Supreme. The Sorcerer Supreme! I don't know which one came first, but I've always preferred Dr. Fate. Uh, they are slightly different characters. Uh, can't He can contain him, but he can't stop him. And then there's this whole thing, and because Dr. Fate, of course, his visions through the helmet, where he can see potentialities, but he can see also those things which are faded, hence the name. He knows that Hawkman is going to die, and he knows that he cannot change fate. Um, again, th- this plays out very well. Pierce Brosnan damn near steals the movie, and Dr. Fate does a bunch of cool shit, which you know they're fucking pissed because they're like, God damn it. Doctor Strange be to the punch because it's not the same, but it's like you can tell that they're they're like kneecapped by what they can show and what he can do because he can't even fucking do his hand motions because fucking Doctor Strange has already done it on screen. It would just feel like such a ripoff. So he's like slightly neutered and it kind of sucks because I'm a big Doctor Fate fan. But anyways, he he uses the magic and he holds the devil long enough to telepathically speak with Black Adam. And basically, like, have a heart-to-heart with him. And that shit's like, again, it's like, oh, this would have been, this is good. This is fine. Fine to good. But it have been really effective as the climax of a trilogy. Where we've watched this character arc play out from really dark to lighter and lighter and lighter. And... He basically says, like, you, like, he sets him free and is like, you have to say the word. You have to be b- the 10th Adam again. You have to call for the power. And he, he, like, escapes. And it's, like, one of the better sequences of the movie. And you're like, again, if this... But if we literally just saw them drop him off at prison and then the next scene, they're all the way back across the world. Why did they go back there? to Comertage even before the devil emerges and then the devil emerges. I guess they're there to drop the, the mom and the kid off uh, because the kid is now recovered from almost dying. So I, I think that's what it is. But again, there's so much shit cut out because <laughs> there's too much shit in here. It's hard to keep track of. So then like the devil emerges like, oh, fuck. And like Dr. Fate's like, my vision is, you know, is coming to pass. And so... Dr. Fate's like, even I, Dr. Fate, cannot stop you. Uh, But there is one who can. And, of course, Dr. Fate, to save Hawkman and to give Black Adam time, sacrifices himself and potentially changes fate? Don't know. Um, Yet his vision still comes to pass, but it comes to pass in a slightly different way, which again, if any of that shit had time to breathe, it really would have been you like, here's what I feel like. I feel like somebody wrote something really clever and it all happens. It's like, oh shit, if that could have played out, that would have been a great twist, but it all has to happen in like seven minutes. (laughs) 
Black Adam dies <laughs> because he's in the Arctic, right? He's like in a buried prison in the in Antarctica. And so he escapes and he gets out into the water and he like freezes to death. Then he dies again. This would have been a great moment if it had time to breathe. He's gladiator style reunited with his dead wife and dead son. And the dead son basically says like, you have to be the hero that you weren't strong enough to be the first time through. And he's like, but I'm not a hero. And they're like, right. But the people need you to set them free. And his kids basically are like, dad, get your shit together. Like I didn't die for you to be like, it's fucking goof. So he, with his like, they, they're like, it's not your time, Papa. You got in this, this kid's fucking terrible, but and he, it's just bad. It's bad VO, but he's like, it's not your time, Papa. <laughs> you gotta go back to, you know, the Arctic. And he's like, this like res- resurrected breath is like Shazam. And then bam, the lightning hits and there's this huge explosion in the Arctic, which would have been really sweet. If it wasn't all happening so fast. <laughs> and then he, of course, appears, saves saves the kids, the very annoying kid sidekick, straight out of a 90s movie, skateboard and all. Skateboard, and he has a, a, a chase scene where Inner Gang is chasing him through Shredder's lair, essentially, but it's in the street markets of Comertage, again, I know I said the name, with 90s arcade cabinets. Don't ask me. Um, it's just, this kid's seriously straight out of like a 90s movie, like like Kazam or something. Uh, and so then he, <laughs> uh, Black Adam defeats the devil. Dr. Fate dies. Uh, Hawk guy still kind of dies, but it's an illusion version of himself that dies. So it's still fulfilled, but it's not really him, but he's beat to shit. And uh, Adam Smasher is kind of Ant-Man meets MCU Spider-Man. So if you don't like those two characters, you probably won't like Adam Smasher. Um, uh, and it's just like, okay, I kind of want more of these characters. I want more of this JSA, but you just killed off the most interesting character. So we're going to need a prequel. I, I, there's nothing in here to set that up either. I'm just like, I actually want more because you finally like did something interesting. And then you're like, well, you know. They're not getting their own movie. Here they are. It's just so strange. Anyway, uh, uh, at the end, the people are like, have the throne. And he does the famous Black Adam pose, which you might have seen. The uh, uh, What's his name? Is it Alec Ross? The, uh, you might see like the famous like painting of Black Adam on the throne with like kind of musing to himself. I think they used it in the marketing when they originally teased that The Rock was really going to do it. Um, and he's like, no, nah, this doesn't feel right. Destroys the throne because I think they're now like, well, we've already gone through three movies worth of character. He might be a good guy, but then they do a, like, he's kind of a hero now, but then they do the mid credit scene, which kind of immediately undoes that because Waller's like, okay, you escaped my prison fair play, but like you're stuck in Wakanda. If you try to leave the borders of Wakanda, we'll kill you. Like you want to, you want to be your people's champion. That's fine. Oh, the people's champion. There you go. Um, you want to be the people's champion? Good on you, but you're not fucking leaving. I'll kill you. And he's like, you don't, there's no one on earth powerful enough to kill me. Basically is what he says. Paraphrase. And she's like, I got people who aren't from this world that I can call, you know, and they can kill you. And that's the, uh, of course, the implication. And... Of course, who would that be? 
But arriving through the mist is Superman. And it is Henry Cavill. And he's like, it's been a long time since somebody scared the world like this. I mean, of course, referencing himself. And then he emerges. They hit the Christopher Reeve. Bum, 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 bum. Just like, you're never going to outdo it. So just fucking, just use the music. You're never going to beat that theme. Bum, bum, bum. And he's like, uh, Black Adam, we have to talk. And there it is. That's, that's how the movie ends. Um, there's a Kanye West power needle drop, which is about 15 years and anti-Semitism too late. And there is a, a, a painted black needle drop. And it's like, fuck. Every time you get yourself going, you just bump, you just, you just cram mediocrity around the good spots. So it, it again, maybe one of the more interesting things that they could have done. And it just, it feels like kind of fucked with, you know, in a way that didn't need to be. It's like rock is good. The cast is good. Pierce Brosnan's great. Dr. Fate's cool. Um, kid sucks. Mom kind of sucks. Um, there, there, like, like case in point, there is a scene where basically the devil resurrects the dead of the city as his army. And it's all, it begins and ends within about three minutes. And all it amounts to is a handful of extras beating some skulls, some CGI skeletons with broomsticks. And then they're immediately taken care of. And it's like, that could have been a great sequence. If you would have divided this up and strengthened these scripts and told two or three different stories, I think there's enough material here given us long-form character development <laughs> and let some of this shit that you wrote, which seems pretty damn cool, just fucking breathe. You could do a epic scene here in your third movie where hell is opened up and this whole, you know, whatever, right? You know, and he finally embraces being a hero or at least the closest version, of a hero who kills, the closest version that he could be. But we had to do it all in two hours or two plus hours. Goddamn shame. It didn't ruin the movie, but it did knock it down a few notches for me. So that's my instant reaction. Take two. So it's, I guess it's my less instant reaction. It's my second attempt at reacting to Black Adam a movie that I more or less liked, but wished was better. Uh, it is on par with some of the good but not great X-Men movies. It feels like it has stylistic elements and there's a version of the script that feels closer akin to Watchmen and to Zack Snyder's adaptation of Watchmen um, than the shitty Zack Snyder shit. Uh, depending on who you are. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's there's a lot to like here, but you can tell it's too many scripts, too many ideas, trying to serve too many masters. It is 50 pounds of ideas in a 10-pound bag. Let me know what you think. Until next time, binge on. Binge on.